Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 121. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we want to talk about uh, what kind of training is actually needed as responsible armed citizens, as law enforcement. Um, yeah, uh, to start this off, we want, we want to reiterate and make very clear um, our belief that as citizens of the United States, our concealed carry permit should be the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Uh, we hope that the Ohio legislature um, gets its ass in gear and gets, uh, what is it, constitutional carry. Yeah, whatever term they want to use. We'll yeah. call it constitutional carry, you know, stuff rolling um, that can get to the governor's desk and get signed because uh, that's the way it should be. And we would very much like to see Ohio join um, a number of other states. I think there's 11 or 12 direction. or 13 right now because a couple have recently passed it. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, that all being said, uh, as responsibly armed citizens, uh, emphasis on the responsible part, it okay. is still our responsibility to get high-quality training uh, in carrying a pistol and shooting a pistol and then ultimately fighting with a pistol. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look, you know, if we want to go all weird and historical, we can go back in time and look at, you know, how the Founding Fathers looked at use of arms. Um, you know, it's obvious how they, obvious, it's very clear how they felt about everyone's access to arms shall not be infringed is, is pretty well defined. Um, and the militia at the time was not the national guard. Um, those of you dipshits who, oh, the, that's the militia is the national guard. No, it's not. The militia is every capable citizen essentially should know how to use arms. The other thing is in the 1700s and 1800s, you had to shoot food to eat or raise food to eat, and sometimes you couldn't do enough of either. Um, so understanding that use of arms was a, a survival technique, survival skill, um, not not simply a recreational activity um, as it you know has become for us at this point. Um, you know we're back into you know I think well we probably are past that again. It's probably more of a survival technique yeah. in the day. But either way, um, historically speaking, you know. Uh, the militia was every capable citizen, uh, knew how to use weapons, um, you know, and everybody says, oh, well, it was men age, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. It was, if you, if there was a group of people trying to hurt you, it was anybody who could hold a rifle yeah. or, or a smoothbore as it might've yeah. been at the case, um, at that point in time. So yeah, so let's, let's not, let's not dither and dilly and dally around those types of definitions and who it means. It means anyone. So we, we're fortunate, you know, here to have a group of folks involved both in the business and in our tribe and around our families um, that are into teaching everyone at a very young age to be capable and responsible with weapons, um, which curiously enough uh, leads to people not doing stupid stuff with them. Even at a young age, you, you tend to, uh, you tend to proof your children if yeah. they're, if they understand how these devices work and function. So bear those things in mind, cause that's all part of the training. It starts at a young age. So, um, we'll start off with law enforcement training. Sure. Okay, cool. So we, uh, we've got a, a couple of folks that we train with on a regular basis that are, that are local law enforcement guys. Um, some of them are involved in training, uh, with a couple of different departments. Uh, some of them, um, have spent time as training cadre with some of the larger departments around here that tend to run folks through their academies. Um, because a lot of the smaller police agencies no longer run their own academies. They, they rely on the local bigger agencies that have the infrastructure to do so. Um, and by infrastructure, I don't mean like air, um, or a tire for your car or an iPad is not infrastructure. So, um, they actually have buildings and trainers and things of this nature. Um, so and ranges and whatnot. So the, generally law enforcement officers in, in, in feel free to correct me. 
Um, you know, if you stop by the shop and you, you've gone through this here recently or something like that, but my understanding is for handgun, it's 40 to 60 hours. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think the baseline is 40 hours. It may be up to 60 now, or it may be 40 hours of handgun and then 20 more hours of shotgun rifle. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I think the, like the state mandate is at least 40 hours. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a solid, the, the gist would be that's a week. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have a job and pay taxes, that's a week's worth of work. Um, maybe you're a little less, depending on what you do for a living, or a little more if you're good. Um, but either way, so you know, as a law enforcement officer, you're going to start off with a baseline of firearms, just firearms training. Um, that's that's 40 hours a week's worth of work. There may be some other things that are relevant or tied into that, um, like scenarios type training where maybe you're not using an actual firearm but it's decision making skills around whether or not to elevate all the way to the gun use of force continuum things of that nature and i would say at, at this point those things are probably being stressed big time at oh, yeah. the moment um in, in in today's society so um you know so so if you look at that and just call it a, a solid week of training plus some other training around decision making uh, and things of that nature, plus doing some PT every day, which might give you the ability to keep your heart rate a little lower than everyone else's, your blood pressure a little lower than everyone else's, and let your brain function a little more efficiently. Um, let's let's not leave that out of the conversation because it does matter. So if you're in now, so we're gonna I'm gonna step outside of Columbus, Ohio, uh, and I'm not saying Columbus PD specific. I'm just saying Central Ohio in general. Um, when when we look at what that nets us as a, as a nation. And I don't know what other states require because each state has its own requirement for firearms training. Um, but but if we if we just extrapolate and say, okay, so they're all about a week, maybe give or take. Um, right now across the United States, and this number is increasing, thank goodness, um, but almost miraculously at the same time, the the number of shots fired versus the number of hits on the bad guy. Um, not like New York City, you can't include hits on non-bad guys, those don't count. So yeah, if, otherwise, New York City would be really good shots. Yeah, as an aside, um, if the recent kind of uh, stabbing prevention in Columbus had yeah. been conducted by a New York City police officer, probably both people would have gotten shot. And, and likely two or three extras. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying if we look at, you know, the, the and, and, and we're, we're picking on New York City. Yeah, there's concrete buildings everywhere, and there's 11 billion people jammed in on top of each other. So if you don't hit the bad guy, it's really hard not to hit somebody else. And, yeah, you know, some of those are frags and blah, 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 whatever. Um, and New York City doesn't shoot very well. We'll just leave it at that. So uh, having said that, so going back to the data, generally about one shot in five fired by law enforcement across the U.S. right now um, hits the intended target. Um, that's not to say the other four rounds hits an innocent, a nun or an orphan, as we say, um, or a pedophile. Um, it, it's just that, you know, that only one of those rounds is going, you know, where they were intended to go. Yes, gunfights are a dynamic event. Yes, gunfights are a, a, a stressful event. Yes, um, you know, all those different things. We, we get all that. Uh, but there are certain places in this country, Central Ohio being one of them, um, Texas notably being another, um, where, where we seem to see that we have maybe a little more of a gun culture here locally or a gun culture in Texas or maybe in the Midwest, flyover country, whatever, yeah. where, where when you get outside of, you know, uh, Democrat controlled, um, escape from New York type scenarios like Chicago, New York city, Philadelphia, Boston, LA, etc. Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore, um, you know, we, we, we tend to get into areas where there is a little bit more gun culture. We, we see, significant increases in effectiveness of gunfire by law enforcement. Um, 
I, I'm not, I'm not going to get political about this other than just to point out in general with 40 hours of solid training um, and probably some additional ancillary training surrounding use of the gun and decision making to help in that dynamic situation, you're getting about one in five hits on target. Um, that's, that's a little bit frightening. Again, understanding it's a dynamic event, that's a little bit frightening. Now, I want to say that somebody at one point said in Vietnam it took us 50,000 rounds to kill a bad guy in Vietnam. Now I don't like I'm, I'm pulling that out of kind of out of the air out of some stuff I read years ago. So yeah. we're a little better so than that. So the the thing to look at with like what happened in Vietnam, there was a lot of incidences of um, you know belt feds on Hueys, yeah, miniguns absolutely. on Hueys. Yeah, um, our yeah. our dear dear friend the AC-130 Spectre gunship um, kind of skews those numbers. Yeah, 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 kind of skews those numbers. So <laughs> so you know we're doing better than the Nam, um, but we probably still need to be a little bit better. Um, I would, I would love to see, and I would love somebody, you know, pushing into, to juxtapose this with concealed carry capability. I would love to take a look. I wish we had some data on the number of shots fired by concealed carry permit holders versus hits. Um, but in general, we we're kind of pushing that same mentality that if a law enforcement officer should have a minimum of, of 50 hours of training, 40 hours of training, plus whatever goes along with it, um, that that's probably the baseline or entry level for a concealed carry permit holder or a citizen um you know so so kind of you know kind of the the analogy for that training would be tactical response um you know pushing in the amount of training they do in their uh fighting pistol advanced fighting pistol um and then the the the, is it the fifth day that makes that the way of the gun or what is that i haven't taken that uh, tactical response does a a curriculum series they call way of the pistol which is their fighting pistol class uh, which is two-day handgun class advanced fighting pistol which is another two days. Um, there's a night shoot component in there, and then a call like a half day ish um, force on force okay. um, session. So it works out to about five about days. five days about forty hours um, give or about, take. Probably you get, more. You get a certificate for forty hours. Yeah, you probably do more um, than that though. If you if you stay at the team room down there, um, you're basically living this twenty four seven for a week. And and my experience with task response too is that you know they're eight hour range days that often tend to be nine or 10 hour range days. Yeah. If you want to train um, that, you know, Mr. Yeager and the guys will, they will work you out. Um, and you're going to get your dollars worth out of that money spent yeah. in my opinion. Um, I, I, and again, I'll say one more time. I know Yeager's controversial, blah, 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 blah. His internet persona is there to sell seats in classes. Uh, what he teaches is solid and who he is as a person is outstanding. And his um, instructors are solid. Yeah. And he, he, he comes across as, as brash and obnoxious and in in the team room probably, but on the range he is the consummate professional and does a very very good job. And quite honestly, almost comes across as a southern gentleman, um, you know, in in almost every aspect. So if you can avail yourself of the time to get to Camden or get to one of their classes somewhere else, whether it's James or one of his other guys teaching it, um, I, I I do think they're a really good option for anybody, whether you've got skills or not. But if you're going zero to sixty, that's a great place to start. Yeah. Um, Locally, you know, we're in central Ohio, so locally I would send you down to TDI. Um, we've got a number of, a couple guys that work for us that have trained at TDI extensively. A lot of folks locally that have trained at TDI extensively just because of proximity. They're a couple hours away. Um, and then a couple guys here locally that we follow that are social media content providers that are also either law enforcement professionals or previous law enforcement professionals who have been instructors at TDI. Um, and 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 will vouch for the skills. TDI does a four or five or six day 
Um, they call it, you know, level one's one day, level two's the second day, blah, blah, blah. So it's like L6 or something like yeah. that, or L5. Yeah, all of the Hanyan 1, 3, and... Yeah, and it, and it takes you through low light, it takes you through shoot house, uh, force on force kind of stuff, um, you know, all the way through level six. So, I mean, you know, and, and I'm sure there are different places around the country that you could chase down and get that kind of training, um, you know, from a quality instructor. But, but that, that kind of baseline of 40 hours... It just seems like an applicable number to get you immersed into the systems and kind of grease the groove for basic handling of the gun. Um, and I'm saying when I say basic, I don't. I, I mean I'll, I'll include shooting in that, but I'm really more looking at handling the gun, working in and out of the holster, reloads, pressing the trigger, things of that nature, multiple shots, etc. Um, there's some of that that are higher level skills that will need to be refined beyond that, and that's where we go into practice. You yeah. know, so practice would be the other hours of training that some guys as law enforcement officers choose to do on their own time and own dime. Some guys are lucky enough to have their agency pay for it. Um, and some just don't do it. Uh, it looks like probably the numbers are somewhere around 80% of law enforcement officers touch their gun um, only when they have to. Um, and so uh, we've been fortunate enough here locally in central Ohio that the few times the good guys needed the gun, it would appear it's been somebody who spends a little more time with it and is, is very capable of, of, ending bad situations kinetically quickly yeah so that's that's really we're very fortunate here in central ohio so um anything i mean so that that's that would be what i would say if you're a if you're a responsibly armed citizen then you would want to have that baseline of training yeah what is not what what does not what is not a substitute for over for 40 hours of of classroom i'll say it i'll say it. it i was in the army um, I, I, here, here it comes, here come the daggers, here come the knives. Um, it, curiously enough, we give the Marines, we give the Marines crap about being meatheads. Um, right. You know, crayon eaters, blah, 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 blah. You know, all that kind of crap, right. Cannon fodder. Um, the, the Marines tend to acknowledge that they didn't get to play with handguns much unless they were like, um, a, a Musock, Marsock kind of guy. Somebody was a, you know, one and of the even, 90 day. Even then, even the then, it was probably just enough to pass the Marsock or the Musock call. Yeah, which is, which is, which is not easy, but not hard either. Um, you know, but the, but the Marines tend to acknowledge, yeah, we didn't really play with handguns very much. It, you know, we called with it once or twice. And man, if you got done to the handgun, it's probably a bad day. Whereas the Army guys that, you know, oh, what you doing in the Army? Uh, I was an Artie guy. Oh, okay. So not an O three eleven, you know, or not not a what you eleven uh, B, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't a dirty nasty leg. I was an arty guy, and somehow you know all about handguns. Okay, cool, interesting. I don't see handguns as indirect fire weapons, but maybe there's some analogy I'm missing. Um, but either way, so we get we tend to give our army guys a little bit of crap because they they think because they were in the army they've got all the experience they need, and I will not take away from combat experience, but the reality check is ten percent of the military's combat arms. And 10% of combat arms have seen combat or heard a shot fired in anger. Um, so, so taking some of those numbers into account, that's a very, very small group of dudes that have, that have seen the elephant. Um, and when they engaged the elephant, they likely did not do it with an M9. If they yeah. did, it was a bad day. So, so I, we, we love you. We're just giving, throwing a little bit of shade, having some fun here. Uh, but I was in the army. Doesn't mean that you have necessarily the skill set necessary, uh, nor the knowledge of tactics, techniques, procedures, etc., to keep a handgun in a gunfight. Um, so we're back to just because it got you concealed carry for free in Ohio um, does not necessarily mean that it's the training that you need to carry a gun. Um, especially depending on what your MOS may yeah. or may not have been. So, so, you know, we'll throw those things out there. Um, 
adding to that, growing up on the farm and plinking with 22s. Yes. Yeah, I've been hunting my whole life. Um, you know, or, or yeah, there's, there's so much we could, we could go probably on and on and on and on, but absolutely. Um, if you participate in martial competitive shooting, and I'll throw that out as, especially with a handgun, USPSA, IDPA, etc., you may be in a situation where through your training for those events for those competitions that you may be mustering some of those skills and lining things up. Um, I would still say there's a mindset component that needs to go along with that, that you're going to learn from a good instructor. Um, if you, if you don't have it, some people do have it. Um, and then I'll also say there's a legal aspect that you need to learn. That's not going to come from those competitions either, because generally there's not a whole lot of scenario based mentality around that. It's just simply, you know, shoot these and don't shoot these. Have a nice day as fast yeah. as you can. So, um, um, oftentimes with a, you know, a composition oriented gun yeah, coming yeah. from, you know, an exposed, um, open carry, you know, no retention holster yeah, or, you know, drawing a holster from behind a shoot me first vest. Yeah. And, um, I, and so again, be able to run the gun exactly you know, properly from covert yep. level concealment. Yep. Um, is a whole different thing too. And, and in general, you know, there is a group of folks out there that say, well, uh, well, the USPSA guys could burn down a, a, a tactical shooter. Well, that's true. If you're a GM or a master shooter in USPSA, you probably have skill sets that are far beyond your average tactical shooter. Um, you know, and, and in general, the application of use of cover and things of that nature is something that you'll adapt to quickly or you won't. Um, you'll be a puddle. So take your pick. Um, you'll, you'll learn or you won't. It's a sink or swim thing. It's pretty evolutionary. It's pretty Darwinian. Uh, but there's a reality check that at, at a very, very high level, the guys that I'll say are the top 5% of the game are dudes that you don't want to get in a gunfight with. The guys that are at the bottom half of the game um, are not impressive in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so to say, well, I, I, I shoot USPSA, but you still suck because you don't train or you don't train well or you don't have a good baseline of skills is still part of the conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay cool. Uh, I mean, yeah. and to, to add kind of the counter side to that, if you're a competent tactical shooter, um, you should probably be able to be like master class without a whole lot of trouble on a qualifier stage yeah, for you, either USPSA or IDPA. Yeah, if you chose to chase it down for any amount of time at all, I would say that that's, I, I would agree with that. You should be at least chasing master right on the edge of it, if not in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, the, and if, if you're squared away. Um, and understanding that there are dudes out there who actually train for the qualifiers, I, I would say that you, if you can shoot a master qualifier cold without training for it, you're, you're probably pretty squared away. Um, if you can come in one step below that, um, you know, then, then it's always things to clean up, always things to do better at. Um, but the, the dudes that can do that are, are legit shooters. And if you can apply any tactics to it at all, you're, you're going to be a formidable foe if your head's in the right place. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, anyway, it, again, guys, just trying to kind of throw out the idea of, of, you know, what, what you actually need. So we've kind of covered that baseline of what you need. But then I'm not going to sit here and preach to you, especially with the ammo drought we have going on and everything else, about how much you should be pulling the trigger and making loud noises. Um, but there's Actually, an interesting uh, thing about pulling the trigger. Yeah. Well, another point to that. Yeah. Um, I read, I forget where, but a uh, book uh, a while ago, the Army Special Mission Unit guys, um, they do 40 hours of their handgun in a classroom without ever making it go bang. Wow. That would be mind-numbing um, and probably still an epic amount of dry fire and understanding and manipulation. 
Yeah, let's do TC. So, so again, more perspective about the dudes who can actually perform at a high level, um, just to give you, again, a little bit of baseline where they're at. Uh, I don't even want to know what truly high-speed units, how much time they spend on handguns. Um, I know that, you know, when the Beretta M9 was adopted back in the day, pre-86, um, when the Navy was looking at them for Special Warfare Group, either at Crane or at Natick, one or the other, the reason why you hear about locking blocks and Berettas failing is because Navy SEALs put 90,000 rounds of plus P ammo through, you know, a gun and kind of help Beretta figure out where they need to put more beef in it if they wanted something that was that was truly not just a work of art that yeah. worked well. As much as I don't like the 92 or the M9 personally, um, that's because of ergonomics, um, not because of function or accuracy. And when you got guys that were going through training run-ups in Big Army that got guns that had 100,000 rounds to them and said, oh, my buddy's gun fell apart in his hands. Well, yeah, no shit. If you had you know a 1988 uh, Mustang five liter that somebody to put 300,000 miles on ragging on it everywhere, then you got in it and a wheel fell off. Would you really be surprised? Cause that's essentially what happened. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'd be curious to know what some of those reading some of the Marchenko books about just the absolute yeah. volume at, at one point seal team six, according to Marchenko, yeah, according to his books. Yeah. A dev group was pushing more rounds down range in a year than the Marine Corps. Yep. The entire Marine Corps. So, you know, you start looking at pieces of gear and what's durable. That's an interesting study in that as well. But it's also an interesting study in what a CT or a counter-terror unit needs to do to be on point to actually deal yeah. with real threats. Um, I'd love to see the numbers from the SAS as well, just out of curiosity there. I would imagine they're probably pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. Just more genteel. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not sure where we were going with that. But anyway, just, you know, uh, the, so practice. Yeah. That's where we're heading into, you know. So you've got your baseline of training, but the reality check is you have to practice those skills, keep those skills sharp. It's like anything else. It, it, it is a martial art. It's not like a martial art. It is actually a martial art. So if you studied, um, you know, XYZ martial art, um, badass jujitsu or badass doe or, or Rian Q badass or whatever, you know, I don't know, Krav Ma badass, you know, whatever art it is that you study, if you stopped doing it for five years and then went back to it, you would be sluggish, you'd be slow, you'd probably get popped a few times and wouldn't be happy with your performance. The the, the firearm is no different than the knife is than the hand or anything else. Um, so we talk about that in the drought of ammo. Well, how do I train? Well, we've beaten that podcast up a few times. Um, I, I, it, and, and again, back to some of the best shooters in the world get, you know, three, four, five clicks for every bang. If not more. When there's ammo available, they do that because they can do that in a hotel room. Um, they can do that in their house. They can do that a lot of places where it's convenient. Um, you know, they get a lot of reload practice. You see these guys shooting open guns, doing cool guy Instagram videos where they're doing, you know, one second reloads. Um, and you're going, oh, it's because the magwell and the gun. Oh, horseshit. It's because they do it lots and lots and lots of times. So, you know, we're, we have definitely learned to not poo-poo the USPSA guy as long as he's an M or a GM. Um, or legit, because uh, there yeah. there are some skills there to be learned, and but they work for those skills. Thinking that your forty hours of basic firearms training and your one or two quals a year, if you actually get to shoot them, are training is unfortunately not realistic, and it's not doing you any favors in today's litigious society, where if you do have to burn somebody down, um, you're probably going to have to answer to the community at large. 
and if you don't take care of business, or worse, you injure somebody that didn't need it, that didn't need injured, um, you're going to be looked upon very harshly. Hell's bells at this stage of the game. If you if you do your job like a freaking hero, you still have assholes like LeBron James making stupid comments on the internet. Yeah. So you know, I mean, you know, so that and and unfortunately, there are people, unfortunately, as stupid or maybe more stupid than LeBron listening to his comments, um, which may put you in even more danger down the road. So. You know, be acutely aware of the fact that your concealed carry class is nowhere near enough training to actually go out and carry a gun. Um, it's just the thing you have to do to get the little card that currently makes it legal in the state of Ohio. Um, you know, so go ahead and do that, but but also you need to go quite a bit further beyond that to be responsibly armed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a coin out there. And, you know, on the one side of that coin is your rights. And as a lot of 2A guys, a lot of NRA guys are thumping their chest about my, my Second Amendment right. Um, but nobody flips that coin over to where it says responsibility, do the work. Um, you know, you got to do both if you want to be a responsibly armed citizen. So, anything I'm missing? Do we, do we, do we beat that to death? Yeah, I think, I think we did a pretty good job covering all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say likewise, you know, if you're, you're an LE guy and – or gal and qualification, you know, keeps you up at night three days before yeah. quals come up. Um, <laughs> that that's probably a sign that you should be looking at, you know, going to TDI, going to tactical response. Yep. Taking, you know, the handgun class. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing. You know, if you're a concealed carry holder, um, you're in Ohio. There is no written mandated qual, um, yeah. so your instructor has to do some some test to prove that you're competent, um, whatever that means, yeah. um, with the pistol before they can sign off. Um, you know, being, you know, I, myself personally, I want to be able to apply surgical levels of marksmanship cold and on demand should the need arise. Yes. Um, you know, my, there's lots of important people that, you know, are counting on those skills. Absolutely. Yep. And there, and there are a number of people out there that are probably counting on those skills, hopefully never, but at some point that don't know, even know who I am. Um, and that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to perform, you know, uh, not, not simply adequately, but, but well. So, yeah, absolutely. So interesting topic, guys. Like I said, something that's come up here recently. Um, and just, just pointing that out, you know, um, go out there and seek training. It's available to you. Uh, I'll also add that if you're a law enforcement officer here locally, um, it, you know, depending on the department that you work with, you likely have somebody who's your, your training officer, uh, maybe training sergeant, whatever. And in general, if you went to that person and said, okay, the last couple times I've qualified, I've stunk up the range. Um, I don't want to be that guy. Can you help me develop a plan and a program to help me do that? And they're going to work with you and teach you, you know, give, have you do dry fire stuff and have you work on stuff like that. Um, and I know it's not sexy and it won't be fun to dry fire, um, but they're going to have you work on those kind of things. Most of those folks are, are, are squared away. And, you know, if they give you a plan, it'll get you where you need to go. They've all had proper training to help you develop that plan and work that plan. Do it. And don't wait till your next qual to do it. Don't, yeah. don't, don't be remedial. Be the guy who walks in, um, shoots the course, gets a solid score, and walks off the range like it's no big deal, almost like it's your job. Yeah. So treat it like it's your job. Might be more than your job someday. Yeah. Uh, to pick on the, the Opata qual, because uh, we're in Ohio. Yep. Uh, if you can't cold and on demand shoot that like a 285 out of 300 um, in half the time with half the accuracy, like a, a reduced or yeah, call it like half the size of the target. Yeah, um, you got some work to do. 
Yeah, le- legit, legit. If you're yeah, if you're struggling to pass the Opotic wall, I I I don't know. You need to find a desk to drive or something. <laughs> I, I'm I mean I'm sorry, and that's probably rude. Um, but I don't care if you literally if you can't make the Opotic wall, you suck because it's not hard to do. Uh, we did it in reduced times in no light with lights. And we didn't know what. It was. And we didn't know what it was. We didn't know what the time constraints were, etc. And did it way under half the time given, yeah. in the dark, um, and and ran it way beyond what the standards were required because we shot the egg in the middle, not the entire target. Yeah. And I think the most shots dropped per target was one or two, and outside of the rock. Yeah. Outside of the speed rock. So yeah, I, I will say flat out that if you're yeah if you can't pass the apodic wall, uh, go find your training officer. Yeah, if you're a you know a civilian looking for a baseline to kind of run your skills up against, um, the Apodic Qual you can find it if you search for it. Yeah, Google it. Uh, Google it. Um, be a good you know what is it forty round drill? Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. It might 50. be less than that now. I don't. It's it's not very many rounds. Yeah, it's definitely it's less than a box of ammo. Um, but and it'd be a good exercise to run through. And the longest shot's twenty five yards. 75 feet, uh, 50, 50, 50 feet. feet. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's not feet. longer than most indoor ranges. Yeah. You can run it on most indoor ranges. So, uh, yeah, if you want that baseline, um, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the lowest of baselines. Um, and then if you want to push that up a little bit, go shoot CPD's qual, go shoot CPD's old qual because they're old qual. You had to have a 215, 210, 215, 220 to qual. Um, and, 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 and that wasn't, that wasn't easy, but it wasn't that hard either. Um, you had to shoot, I don't know, 280, 285, something like that to be on spot. That's pretty tough. Um, and if you're shooting 300s, then there's not a conversation about your skill set there. Go, go shoot it, walk off the range and, and let everybody else wonder how you're doing it. Um, you know, and then they'll figure out dry fire is not silly. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. On that note, uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram as we get training ideas and things. Um, that's where they go along with, when we get new inventory in the store. Uh, it gets posted up on, on our Facebook and Instagram, kind of in real time. Um, if you see something on there you like, feel free to give us a shout over the phone. We can take a credit card deposit yep. and hold it for you. Uh, also, we do an email newsletter once a week. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com. Also on the website is valuable information, such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Uh, so please do check out the website. That's capcityoutfitters.com. Uh, we are based in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, please stop in and see us. Uh, we're right next to Louis Fusion Grill. Um, there's an Aldi's kind of over across the parking lot from us. And there's now a new uh, coffee shop called Rev. So stop yeah, in and see them. Check get, them out. get a cup of coffee. And, um, yeah, come down and see us. Our hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.